Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Corinthian Church. He's writing them a letter. And he's saying, look, guys, Jesus really did raise up from the dead. But if you don't believe me, go ask these other guys because they're still, some of them are still alive. They saw it too. If you want to believe me that I saw him, that's fine. Go talk to Peter or go talk to James or go talk to some of these other 500 people that raised up. You catching this? You seeing how this works? Uh, there was a lady named, uh, what was her name? Dr. Elizabeth Mitchell. And she, she set up a, a, a timeline of the people after the resurrection. And in, in John 20, you know, you see Mary Magdalene was first. And then the next you saw the other Mary, Salome, Joanna, and at least another woman in Matthew 28, Mark 16, and Luke 24. Then Peter in Luke 24. Then Cleopas and another disciple on the road to Emmaus. You know, that's, that's, you know, Jesus met them on the road to Emmaus. If Luke was actually making it up, he wouldn't say Cleopas and that other guy. He would have just made up two names. You catching that? If you're making it up, you don't... Yeah, it was him and I don't know who the other guy was, but I know there was another guy there. So clearly Luke talked to Cleopas, but he didn't talk to the other guy. Then the 11 disciples minus Tom, Thomas, then the 11 disciples, then seven disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, then the disciples at a mountain in Galilee, then James. You gotta remember, the stepbrother of Jesus, or half-brother of Jesus, however you wanna call him, okay? His family wasn't his biggest fans, except for maybe his mother. He had other brothers and sisters, or half-brothers and sisters, but they weren't his biggest fans until after the resurrection. And then they got on board. And then they were his biggest fans. At one point, I think you see James is like ruling the Jerusalem church. He's the, he's the one that is running the local church in Jerusalem. It was James. And then you see the disciples in Jerusalem before he led them to Mount Olives, gave them the great commission and ascended into heaven. Now, all of these eyewitnesses that I just mentioned from the Bible, okay, realistically, it had to be one of the following three things. Number one, they were lying. Pretty good story, but were, are you willing to die for a lie? Okay, number two, they hallucinated. All of them hallucinated and saw the same hallucination. Okay, I mean... I took an antibiotic one time and it affected me pretty crazy. My mind did some crazy things. But I don't remember having any interactions with the hallucinations. They grabbed his feet. They clung to him. They walked with him. They ate with him. I mean, if you're eating with your hallucinations, <laughs> I have someone I want to recommend you talk to. My imaginary friend over there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or the third and the most plausible explanation here is they really saw the risen Christ. 
see, sometimes people come up with theories, but they overlook the evidence. You can't have a theory that denies the evidence. I don't know about you, but if you get like 500 people to come into court to say that they saw something, most courts are going to be like, yep. Unless someone paid that judge a lot of money or threatened his firstborn or something, they're going to look at the evidence and go, well, that's a lot of evidence. That's 500 people that all saw the same thing. They're all saying the same thing. I mean, what about you? If 500 people walk up and say, yep, this is true, do you eventually go, maybe it's true? Ay, ay, ay. The early church. So we know that the early church had to be, um, well, there's three possibilities with the early church. It had to be pagan in origin, Jewish in origin, or Christian in origin. If it was pagan in origin, most of the early followers of Jesus were Jewish. How many of you know this? You've read your Bible, right? The disciples, they were all Jewish. They were Jewish. They were Hebrew. For the Hebrew people who practiced Judaism, to look to a pagan religion as a source of inspiration would have been blasphemy. There's no way that Christianity came from paganism through the Hebrew people. Because they did have a relationship with the creator God. It was a workspace relationship. And then Christ came to make it a relationship relationship, not a workspace relationship. It could have been Jewish in a background in history. But really, the Jewish religion of that day, I mean, think about this. Over half the people, because the Sadducees were the majority on the council, you know this, right? The Sanhedrin was made up of Pharisees and Sadducees mostly. And the Sadducees were the greater part of the ruling council. They didn't even believe in the resurrection. They didn't even believe in the resurrection of the dead. Don't you remember Paul was standing before the Sanhedrin? I think it was Paul or Peter. Paul, right? Standing before the Sanhedrin. And he realized that they were there, so he threw the resurrection out there and they started fighting amongst themselves. The resurrection of Jesus didn't come from the Jewish religion. In fact, there was no pagan religion at the time that really had resurrection stories. They all came after Christ. They were all copies of the truth. Just like today, all the great stories are copies of the one good, true story about Jesus. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus. Present us to himself together with you. All this for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That's why we never give up, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we now see. We can fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever.
I don't even know where I put that down from. I deleted it. I'm so good with addresses. But I want to ask you a question. If the resurrection of Jesus is truth, which I think historically it is, I didn't even go into the extra biblical references like the, the Roman historians of that day. Josephus would be one or some other historians that recorded events. There, there's many more proofs. It's just, again, in the time we have today, we don't have enough time to go through all of them. I've just given you some of the proofs. The empty tomb, the eyewitnesses, in the church today that's still growing and multiplying, okay? If the resurrection is true, that means Jesus really lived, really lived a sinless life, really died on a cross for sin. That means each of us humans is gonna have to stand before God one day and have a conversation with him about what we did about our sin. And the truth is, you can't do nothing about your sin. Jesus did it all. But through faith in his sacrifice, through confession of sin and repentance, you can receive forgiveness. And God has called men and women everywhere to repent of their sin and turn their life over to Christ and be obedient to his commands and his teachings. You know, I started the service with a little bit of a, you know, a thought about what's going on in the culture today, but the truth is, there's a war going on in every one of your flesh, your earth suit. And, and some of you do better at that war than others because the Bible tells us to cast down thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. It tells us to crucify our flesh just like Christ was crucified. But so many Christians, they're not willing to die to themselves. They wanna take themselves up and they want to glorify themselves. And then they struggle. They struggle with addictions. They struggle with their thought life. They struggle with their mental health. Because, you know, one psychologist told me, psychiatrist, sorry, that over 90% of mental illness is rooted in unforgiveness. That's a powerful statement. Think about this. Spiritual truths are more real than your natural truths. Because your perceptions can be wrong. But one thing I can tell you is the word of God is not wrong. The word of God is not wrong. So if you're here today, maybe here, maybe at home, maybe down the hall, you know, maybe you've never given your life to Christ, maybe you've never repented of your sin, Maybe you never surrendered to Christ. Maybe you've mentally agreed that Christ is God, but the Bible tells me that the devil believes in God and so do the demons. They tremble. They're afraid because they know that one day they're going to have to answer to him and they're going to a place that's uh, not going to be very comfortable. The Bible says, repent of your sin. The Bible says then, after you repent and acknowledge Christ in his sacrifice, you can receive forgiveness, that's good. But he says that we need to get baptized in water. And the reason that God wants us to get baptized in water is because just like Jesus was died, he went in the grave and came out of the grave three days later, we go into the water and we come out of the water not three days later. 
Usually it's about three seconds, but some of you we want to hold down for three or four minutes. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, one time I was in the back in the tank, and I didn't know this lady was afraid of water. And I made a joke. I said, don't worry. We've got trained resurrectors. We haven't lost one yet. <sighs> she got free from fear that day. <laughs> Talk about doing it scared. But the truth is, some of you, your conscience condemns you. It beats you up all the time. Have you made a clean break from your past life? Have you made a public profession of your life in Christ or do you like living in the world Monday through Friday and on the weekends you do the Christian thing? God hates the lukewarm. He doesn't want you to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You know, it's better that you're either all in for him or just why bother trying to sit on the fence? Don't waste your energy. But if you're all in for God, he wants you to declare that in front of people. And there's power in the public declaration of your faith. When you say, I want to live for Jesus in front of people, Jesus says, I will declare you before my Father. But if you're ashamed of me before men, he says, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. Which goes back to my previous statements. Are you afraid to open your mouth when you're out in the culture to speak the truth? Don't let intimidation and bullying of the world system silence you because they're trying to silence your voice. So if you need to get baptized, I know you're all sitting, but I need you to be brave and bold and I need you to come down here and join. Uh, I've got Rick and Brienne over here. I think someone went around the back um, a few minutes ago because they wanted to get baptized, but is there anyone else in here today or down the hall and you need to get baptized in water? Now's your chance. This is where you surrender your life to Christ, you give your life to him, you repent of your sin, and then you go in the water and you leave that old life behind and your conscience will get cleansed and you don't have to deal with the guilt and the condemnation and the shame of your past any longer. Anyone present that that applies to you, you need to come down here. I know it's tough to stand up in front of people, but it's okay. God will give you the strength and the grace. If you need to make a declaration of God in your life, what a better day than today to do that. Well, I'm gonna keep talking for a second and you guys can go ahead and sit down, but if you change your mind in the next 15 seconds, no, in the next couple minutes while I'm talking, feel free to just come up and go over and talk to Rick and Brienne and there's a team of people in the back and a tank full of water. They'll even give you a change of clothes. In 1 Peter 1, 3, amplified, blessed, gratefully praised and adored be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again, that is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. People need hope today more than ever. People are becoming hopeless. Teen suicide, what, increased fourfold last year? Many of our older generation are beginning to wonder why, why am I here? What's the purpose of life? 
mental illness and demonic entities aside, I assure you, why would someone want to exit this life? They lose their hope that better days are ahead. And when people lose hope, everything else gets very discouraging and muddled. Titus 2, 12 to 14, and we're instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Why don't you all stand up with me for a few minutes? You know, as we come to the table for communion, the Lord's Supper, We talked about the resurrection of Jesus. He's alive today. And you know, the day he allowed himself to be crucified, right before he instituted something with his disciples and said, here's the covenant meal, do this in remembrance of me, guys. And he took the bread and he broke it. Why? Because his body was broken for sin and sickness. You know, as we were in worship earlier and they were singing about the resurrecting King, the Spirit of God started downloading to me. There's some of you right now that are not realizing the resurrection power of Christ inside of your life. And because of that, someone relapsed this week and you're very discouraged and down. Someone's about to do something that's gonna destroy their marriage if they don't get their life on track and repent. Someone else is being deceptive with finances and it's all gonna be exposed. You need to repent. Someone else is so discouraged. You couldn't even come in today. You're sitting at home and you logged in just because. Maybe you would get some hope. The resurrection power of Christ is available to all Christians. And you need to let the resurrected King start living through you. You need to start washing your mind of the truth from his word. And we allow his presence to flood over us. And we cannot stay in discouragement and defeat but we must rise up and take our place because the world needs the message of hope that you have. Father, I thank you for the bread and your brokenness and humility. Lord, let us humbly in our brokenness stand in your presence and declare your good works. Help us to share hope with others. Because when we look to you, Lord, it goes beyond every situation that we're stuck in today. In the name of Jesus. In the cup is blood spilled for you and spilled for me for our sin. There's some of you here today, you feel like you're a failure. 
You feel like you can't quite measure up. You feel like you're the worst. Father, mother, sister, brother, employee, human. Let's not believe the lies of the enemy because God doesn't make junk. God made you. He's called you. He's equipped you. He's given you a place in his kingdom. And Father, I thank you that the resurrection life of Jesus is flowing through all of us today. That we receive forgiveness, we receive healing, we receive freedom. That the hand of the oppressor is broken off of our life. That the curse is lifted. And Lord, those that are obedient in finances, that their finances are released. Those that are obedient, Lord, and renewing their mind to truth, I thank you that addictions are broken, that the power of hell and its grip over their life is broken, that generational curses are broken today. And we, your people, can stand free before you. And hope is rising up. In the name of Jesus. Kieran's gonna come back up and pray a benediction over you guys. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that word. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You guys pray with me? Lord, we just thank you so much that your death and your resurrection means that we get to experience a new life. God, I just thank you that this new life is not possible without you. But Lord, we have an opportunity today to take hold of this new life. Uh, Go forth from this building, Lord. Bring that new life into our community, into our families, to our neighbors, to our friends, to everyone we come in contact with. God, I just thank you that we are new people We're alive, we're well, we're made whole. And God, because of you, we have this this brand new life. We have this new love to show to the world. So God, I just thank you that as we leave here today, each and every one of us in this room would just be empowered and, and have the endurance to bring your love and your life everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a very, very blessed Sunday.